God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, you know, um, it's... Uh, it's amazing what we're seeing in the uh, House of Representatives uh, with this impeachment. Um, we're going to listen to some clips today from the floor uh, of the House uh, talking about impeachment. We're also going to talk about President Trump being down in the Alamo, Texas area, which, again, uh, when he's in Alamo, Texas, he's not at the Alamo. The Alamo is in San Antonio. Alamo, Texas is about 200 miles away. And uh, to read into, you know, there's a lot of um, thing information flying around the Internet. We're going to also talk about disinformation today. But there's a lot of things flying around the Internet that just aren't true. And, um, you know, when he was in the White House, he was supposed to be in Abilene, Texas, and then, you know, when he was going to the Alamo, Texas, to look at, uh, celebrate 450 miles of wall and to celebrate the hard work uh, of the, of the uh, um, uh, Customs Border Patrol, CBP, um, he was supposed to have somehow, you know, been sending a message that this is the Alamo and the last stand and we're going to fight and, and we are going to fight. We're also today going to discuss uh, a potential strategy that could be in play. And uh, there could be one last-ditch effort uh, to pull this off. And uh, I have not given up hope. There will be enough time to be talking about, uh, you know, a Biden administration if that ever happens. And there will be four years of that. You know, we'll be talking about all kinds of new problems. Right now, we're already seeing the the beginnings of such problems. And we're going to play that. We're going to play some CNN clips and read this Atlantic article talking about the end, uh, uh, abolishing and ending MAGA. And I'm going to make a, um, a soft announcement uh, about r- remedies we can actually do 
to combat against these types of things. So we have a packed show today that we're going to get into. And if you want to call in today, also the number is 215-TOP-TALK. And that's 215-867-8255 if you'd like to call in and be heard. And um, so we're going to go ahead and play uh, something from Matt Gates, which I thought was amazing and well done. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and take a listen to Matt Gates, uh, who actually is you know fighting on behalf of the president and also fighting for all Americans. I think he speaks for a lot of Americans here. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Well, they may be calling on the vice president, but based on his letter, he's not answering. Everybody in this country knows that they wanted to impeach President Trump on his first day in office. And it looks like they're going to want to impeach him on his last day, too. But all he did in the middle was rescue our economy, rebuild our military, reform the VA, and reduce America's involvement in foreign wars. Now, I join the bipartisan caucus condemning the violence that we saw at our Capitol, but the hypocrisy is just downright disorienting. President Trump called for protests that would be peaceful and patriotic. He got labeled a national security threat. Yet the gentlelady from California can call on her supporters to get physical and in the faces of Republicans, and she gets the chairmanship of the Financial Services Committee. Republican members of Congress utilized a process contemplated in the Constitution to offer an objection, and we were labeled seditionists. Democrat members of Congress raised funds for groups attacking our police, burning our cities, destroying our businesses, establishing autonomous zones, and they were celebrated as justice warriors. Wednesday, they called for unity, democracy, and healing. Now, just days later, seeking power and political advantage, the Democrats have reverted to the mean. They've gone back to their natural state, the party of impeachment, removal, and division. They're about to have unified control of the government. Maybe they'd use this time to preview an agenda for the American people. Now, the last two times the 25th Amendment was invoked, it was to facilitate a colonoscopy. Now they're using it to facilitate a transition to Joe Biden. How weird. Why? I'd call it virtue signaling, but there is no virtue in it. This removal effort isn't for America. It's for them, for their ability to showcase and wield power. And we see the power of cancellation and removal on full display in America today. Forbes magazine has called for White House officials to be shamed and unemployable. ABC News has called for the cleansing of the Trump movement. I don't know what that means, but talking about cleansing our fellow human beings sure is scary. Big tech has driven consumers and conservatives off of monopolistic platforms. And then when we created our own platform, Parler, it was nuked from the internet altogether. The gentlelady from New York was booted from a Harvard advisory board because she took an adverse position on electors that had been taken by every single member of the Congressional Black Caucus in 2001. Cancellations for some, celebrations for others, for doing the exact same thing. The President of the United States can't tweet or post on Facebook, but we know from Project Veritas that the principal counsel for PBS can call for the government to steal children from Republicans and throw Molotov cocktails at the White House. We should allow America to heal before America is lost, but that is not happening today. I'd request 30 more seconds. 
The gentleman is given 30 additional seconds. The deal now is House Democrats just want in on the act. That's the purpose of the resolution today. They want to show you that they can still tear things down. I guess over the next two years, we'll see if they're capable of building anything or anyone up. This is a deeply unpopular impeachment. The public wishes we were here dealing with coronavirus, not the virus of Trump hatred that you seem to have found no vaccine for. I yield back. So that is pretty powerful statement. Here's a continuation of that where he, uh, Matt Gates, is on Newsmax. And let's take a listen. Are they utilizing political stunts now? Not only are they utilizing, not only are they utilizing political stunts now, they utilize political stunts to object to electors. In the year 2001, every single member of the Congressional Black Caucus stood up and objected to Florida's electors being counted for George W. Bush. No one called them seditious traitors. No one tried to get them fired for their jobs or delisted or deplatformed. They simply were utilizing a process contemplated in the Constitution to make their argument. But you see, the left doesn't want us making an argument today. What they do want is an intense focus on Donald Trump because, frankly, it's all that unites their otherwise very fragile coalition. These Biden-Pelosi Democrats have very little in common with the Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar Democrats. And so they're going to try to continue to raise the specter of Donald Trump to unite them. Uh, But unfortunately, that's not uniting them toward any positive agenda for our country. It just unites them in their hatred for someone who, for all practical purposes, is leaving office in the next week. You know, and I really think that there's a a level of bully politics going on. Mitch McConnell, for example, or uh, Liz Cheney. Now they're rhinos, and we're going to do something about these rhinos. We're going to primary these rhinos out of office. Every House of Representatives congressman or woman like Liz Cheney is up for re-election every two years. And we cannot let this stand. We cannot let it stand what Matt Rosendale said. He said, please see my statement on Republican conference leadership. When Representative Liz Cheney came out for impeachment today, she failed to consult with the conference, failed to abide by the spirit of the rules of the Republican conference, and ignored the preferences of Republican voters. She is weakening our conference at a key moment for personal political gain and is unfit to lead. She must step down as conference chair. Everything associated with the Bushes is a hatred of Trump. And we cannot have that in our Republican Party. We cannot have it. And I will not stand for it. I will speak up against it. And I will rally against it. And I will fight against it. So, one of the things um, that we're working on right now at Red State Talk Radio and with the Scott Adams Show is we are advocating for a group to finance and to recruit Red Hat Americans, Red Hat MAGA-supporting Americans to run for office. And one of the things that we're advocating for and advancing is a political action committee that can actually help win these fights. And we're putting this together in Washington as we speak.
And you're going to be hearing a lot more about it. We already registered and got a great name. And we're not going to release the name of that uh, group just yet. But we are taking the fight. And what you're going to find out is it's going to be all over our show. We're going to be promoting this in the weeks and months to come. And the money that we raise is going to candidates across the country. And what we're going to do is we are going to target the GOP and hold them accountable. We're going to hold them accountable for the for their lack of effort, their their uh, insistence that rhinos get to rule the day. You know, someone like Liz Cheney should never get the support of the GOP. But I hold uh, Romney McDaniel accountable. For her to lose in 2018, or for Ronald McDaniel to, uh, which is a Romney, Rom, Ronna Romney McDaniel, you know, Romney, Mitt Romney's niece. For her to be running the GOP at a time like this, when she's connected with Mitt Romney, and for her to be running the GOP into the ground, I mean, how can you lose to these losers, number one? That's my number one. How do you lose to Nancy Pelosi and Jerry Nadler and Chuck Schumer? How do you lose? How do you let them gain control? How do you let them gain game the system? How in the world can these crazy monsters get away with outslicking us, outsmarting us? Well, it's because they play the game of compromise. Just look no further than Mitt Romney. His wife is knee-deep in business with China. And you better believe that Chuck Schumer is going over to Mitch and whispering in his ear, hey, if you want to keep those shipping lanes open, you're going to go ahead and step up and say that you support the impeachment of the president. And Mitch Mitch McConnell, who's no longer the... uh, no longer the um, the leader of the Senate is is going to yes sir I'll do anything you say sir to keep my shipping lanes open what boat do you need sir and that's how it's working right that's how it works in the Senate if you want that committee post and if you want that tenured place and you want that special shipping lane in China. Well, by God, you, you, you go along with us. Otherwise, we'll make that disappear in two seconds. We'll call you out and ruin your life and possibly get you expunged from the, or impeached from the uh, Senate. So Mitt Romney does whatever he can. And you know what? He's got six years, so he knows he can do anything he wants as a spineless uh, puppet of Chuck Schumer now. Because it's only the last two years that Lindsey Graham had to worry about. It was only the last two years that he worried. And he was worrying, fearful of his political life. He got, he, he, he won thanks to Trump. Mitch McConnell won thanks to Trump. And all of a sudden, it didn't take them two days and they turned their back on him. Just look at Kelly Loeffler. Calls the president down to campaign in Georgia after they ruined that state. And they sit there and they say, yeah, we're going to object. And she said it with a smile and a a level of confidence I hadn't seen from this candidate. And then a day and a half later, 36 hours later, she says, I can't in good conscience object. I need to sustain. 
Sustain what? Object to what? You know, object to the uh, impeachment or what? What is she going to do? Well, she's no longer valid or Senate senator. But object to the electors is what they were talking about. So it's crazy stuff, you know, the uh, spinelessness. So we got to get rid of that. And we don't want to start a third party. Okay, that's not that's what we don't want to do. Because that would just be handing its huge gift to the Democrats. So we're not advocating for starting a third party. The reason why this new idea that we're putting together here in Washington is so important is because just like the Freedom Caucus is to the House of Representatives, well, this group is going to be the Freedom Caucus of the GOP. If the GOP wants to endorse a candidate, that's fine. But if that candidate is a rhino, then we are going to actually recruit and support and finance the candidate that has a winnable position in a district throughout the country where it matters the most, and we're going to spend our money wisely, and we are going to support candidates that endorse not only the MAGA hat, but endorse the American First agenda, the lower taxes, deregulation, border security, immigration reform, Second Amendment, First Amendment, religious freedoms, election integrity, and all of these things. We are going to ensure that the candidate that we support, endorse, and recruit is going to support all of those things. And our focus is not going to be on the general election. That will be up to the GOP. They will get that done. But our focus is going to be on the primaries. That is our Achilles heel within the Republican Party. And we saw it in full display when they were actually voting for the electors. And we had split votes like with Arizona, where the Democrats can vote for uh, anything. You know, uh, president gives a perfect speech, a speech that was friendly, full of pride, patriotism and hope. He didn't call for violence one moment. And his speech didn't even start before the actual attack on the Capitol began. There were pipe bombs put in place hours and hours before President Trump spoke. There's no relationship between the two. And we're going to read a report here that suggests that some of the White House, some of the Capitol members gave walking reconnaissance tours days before the speech. This was a setup. And they're carrying through on their setup. So we know what's going on. But for Republicans to actually not support the electors, uh, not support the Republican position, and support, and they literally supported the election fraud by doing so, they are on the top of the list. And any Republican that votes for impeachment, any Republican that votes for impeachment, if that's Mitch McConnell, well, the, the problem with him is he's got six years. RSBN said this, Brightside Broadcasting said, to any GOP member who votes to impeach this president, we will make it our mission to ensure you never make it out of your next primary. We will camp out in 
your home states and help your opponents reach as many votes voters as possible. This includes you. They're doing the same exact thing that we're doing. And that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be focusing on primaries. They're actually affordable. You can make a huge difference. And uh, and we'll still, you know, leave the, leave it to the GOP to carry them into the general election. But we'll, our mission will be to primary out every last one of these rhinos. And we'll get the best candidate we can. We'll finance them as much as we can. And we'll help get them elected. They will rue the day. They will remember that the biggest mistake they've made, if they ever want to keep their power, is that they ran against and they, they didn't support Trump in his time of need. And we're going to make them pay for it. And you watch. So we're going to go ahead and take a caller. Caller, you're on the air. Hi, this is Anita from Monterey. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, I just have three quick things and then I'll hang up. Uh, the impeachment, if they can impeach him and convict him, that makes him null and void as a president, which means they will no longer recognize anything that he did, just as the capital of Israel, recognizing that, the three judges that he appointed to the Supreme Court, and any judge down in the federal courts, any treaty, uh, any deals or anything like that will be null and void. That's what they want to do. Then they will, they can choose three judges to replace those judges. If you think about it, is that then, true? As, I have to look that up. Is that? Did you look that up? Yes, I did. Yes, wow. I did. My husband and I were arguing about that, and now I have to go make him pancakes this morning. He won. Um, the other thing is on voting. It doesn't matter. Those GOPs, Republicans, conservatives can run all they want. They're not going to win because everything will be flipped to the Democrats. These machines are rigged. It doesn't matter anymore. It's over. So, oh, and then the other thing, real fast, Nancy Pelosi. We were watching that before the so-called riots, okay? And my husband said to me, he goes, boy, she must have had a lot of coffee this morning. Look at her. I, I looked at her and I go, ooh, she's up to something. Now, I had four children, okay? All within a year and a half of ages. I know when something is up. I know when they're frigiding, and she was up to no good, and I told my husband that. She knew what was going on. She knew. And if you go back and watch it, you'll see what I mean. I, I just had uh, a uh, uh, someone text me that said that that is not the case um, with respect to. So I, I, I'm going to leave that one up to further research. Okay, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll find the, the article Supreme that Court. he found and I'll text it to you. Yeah, but but with regard to the Supreme Court, um, but see, but no, he has to be totally, totally uh, impeached. Okay, both both houses. All right, then convicted. That's well, the whole well, thing. Well, impeached I, doesn't I, work. I will he make has an to argument. Be convicted too. Okay, okay, that's true. Well, you know, yeah, Nixon wasn't Nixon wasn't convicted. He was, he, but he resigned. So. Yeah. Um, yes. There, there might be some subtle, uh, you know, subtle things that are going on there as to why you would resign as opposed to, you know, um, uh, getting convicted. Um, the one thing is is true is this: Pence already wrote his letter. He's not compliant with twenty fifth amendment. So there's that. And the letter That's was. Good. We're going to read this letter. Uh, we're going to read the letter today. 
Um, okay, and, and, I'm going to hang up so you okay. can do that. And, all right. Okay? Thank you. All and right, I got to go. And, and if and if the two of you were here, I would set you down and make you pancakes too. So. Yep. Okay. Uh, ba- Have a good day. A couple of bananas. It's a good. Good idea. Oh, okay. Well, actually, blueberry pancakes today. Blueberries. Okay. Nothing. Can't go wrong yeah. there. Okay. All right. Take care. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. Uh huh. That's Anita making pancakes. How lovely. All right, so yeah, I, I think that um, I'm going to look into that. Um, I'm not going to endorse that uh, part of it. That that part where um, you lose the judges. I don't think that is the case. That that would in, impact way too many other issues. Um, but when was the last time we had uh, a, a real impeachment? Right. I mean, so you had Nixon, um, and you had. Bill Clinton, but uh, nothing ever got through the Senate that I could recall. Um, so I want to get, I want to read that, uh, and then we're going to get to Jim Jordan here in a second too. Uh, we just listened to Matt Gates, and he gave a lot of really good information. Um, but I want to go ahead and read this, uh, read this Mike Pence uh, letter. It says every American was shocked and saddened by the attack. On our nation's capital last week, and I'm grateful for the leadership that you and other congressional leaders provided in reconvening Congress to complete the people's business on the very same day. It was a moment that demonstrated to the American people the unity that is still possible in Congress when it is needed most. That sounds like it's written by a rhino, folks. I don't see the unity at all. I see a bunch of misfit toys acting like children in the Congress. But let's continue. But now, with just eight days left in the president's term, you and the Democratic caucus are demanding that the cabinet and I invoke the 25th Amendment. I do not believe that such a course of action is in the best interest of our nation or consistent with our Constitution. Last week, I did not yield to pressure to exert power beyond my constitutional authority to determine the outcome of the election. And I will now not now yield to efforts in the House of Representatives to play political games at a time so serious in the life of our nation. As you know full well, the 25th Amendment was designed to address president, presidential incapacity or disability. Just a few months ago, when you introduced legislation to create the 25th Amendment Commission, you said president's fitness for office must be determined by science and facts. You said that then that we must be very respectful uh, of not making a judgment on the basis of a comment or behavior that we don't like, but based on a medical decision. Madam Speaker, you were right. Under our Constitution, the 25th Amendment is not a means of punishment or usurpation. Invoking the 25th Amendment in such a manner would set a terrible precedent. After the horrific uh, events of this last week, our administration's energy is directed to ensuring an orderly transition. The Bible says that for everything... There is a a season and a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to heal and a time to build up. That time is now. 
In the midst of a global pandemic, economic hardship for millions of Americans, and the tragic events of January 6th, now is the time for us to come together. Now is the time to heal. I urge you and every member of Congress to avoid actions that would further divide and inflame the passions of the moment. Work with us to lower the temperature and unite our country as we prepare to inaugurate President-elect Joe Biden as the next president of the United States. I pledge to you that I will continue to do my part to work in good faith with the incoming administration to ensure an orderly transition of power. So help me God. And so, you know, that's kind of an interesting thing, too, um, in that uh, he's, uh, you know, looking forward that way. Now, that being said, you listen to that. Okay, you listen to that. And then you listen to this. I want you to hear something that will blow your mind. And then we're going to play a quote from Jim Jordan. And then we're going to also address an Atlantic Council um, article that follows in these footsteps. This is a real piece of crap from CNN. Uh, She's a Harvard professor. She's CEO and CNN analyst, advisor, former Department of Homeland Security, and mother of three, author of Security Mom. She wrote a book. Her name's Julia Kayam, and she's a real dirtbag of a human being. And I can say that because I think you'll agree with me when you hear this monster, Juliet Kayam, speak. She's a blue check on Twitter, by the way. About a solution. About a solution. Mm. Exactly. So so we're not there yet. And I think what we have to remember is Trump is the um, spiritual, but I will also say operational leader of this domestic terrorism effort. He tells them where to go. He tells them what to do. He tells them why they're angry. Um, And so uh, we need to start at the top, like any counterterrorism effort, which is total isolation of the president of the United States. Impeachment, yes. 25th Amendment, yes. Deplatforming, yes. All of the above. No money, no access to campaign funds, a complete isolation, because as the leader of a terrorist organization is viewed as a loser, as a not winner, it is harder for him to recruit. Look, he's going to have his radical elements. We will arrest them. We will isolate them. Uh, But what we have to make sure is that Donald Trump does not have a second act. I know I sound incredibly harsh right now calling the president uh, this, but we are in the tactical response right now. Enough with the let's unity and stuff. This is a tactical effort right now to make sure that we protect American citizens and, of course, yep. the next president of the United States. All right. So we got to take another listen to that. Just listen really good. This is this is insane. This is worse than I think this is worse than Hitler. Again, this woman is named Juliet Kayam, and she is a Harvard professor, CEO, CNN analyst, advisor, former Department of Homeland Security and mother of three, author of Security Mom. This woman, Juliet Kayam, is the, is, is the most ignorant and stupid and vile human being that calls herself an American citizen that I perhaps have ever heard in my life. And let's take a listen to this woman just one more time because it's almost unconscionable that someone could actually think this way and this is this is a testament to what they're learning at harvard i think about a solution 
Mm. Exactly. So, I, so we're not there yet. And I think what we have to remember is Trump is the um, spiritual, but I will also say operational leader of this domestic terrorism effort. He tells them where to go. He tells them what to do. He tells them why they're angry. Um, and so uh, we need to start at the top, like any counterterrorism effort, which is total isolation of the president of the United States. Impeachment, yes. 25th Amendment, yes. Deplatforming, yes. All of the above. No money, no access to campaign funds. A complete isolation, because as the leader of a terrorist organization is viewed as a loser, as a not winner, it is harder for him to recruit. Look, he's going to have his radical elements. We will arrest them. We will isolate them. Uh, but what we have to make sure is that Donald Trump does not have a second act. I know I sound incredibly harsh right now calling the president uh, this, but we are in the tactical response right now. Enough with the let's unity and stuff. This is a tactical effort right now to make sure that we protect Americans. Yeah, and I'm going to tactically, you know, smash her right back in the face. I mean, at, at some point, you know, she could sit there and she could be all power, right? And she could wield her sword. But at some point, you know, she's a crybaby, you know, when you actually... um don't endorse uh, the, the fraudulent Me Too, or if you don't believe Jesse Smollett, or if you don't believe Michael Avenatti, uh, somehow you're a danger to society if you don't believe those things. If you're politically incorrect, you know, if you want to build a wall and you want to um, uh, endorse religious freedom and you want to support the Second Amendment, you're a monster to this woman, this Harvard-educated woman. I mean... She's one of those big crybabies. She's a crybaby. She cries the blues because Trump, she has Trump derangement syndrome. You know, and this is just absolutely disgusting. It's disgusting. And here's another case. A couple of hours, uh, this person said, a very talented friend of mine who interned with GOP leader and at 20 was one of the highest ranked staffers in the Trump campaign, was just fired from his new job when client found out he worked for Trump, he now can't afford rent. Still think cancel culture isn't that serious? He wasn't part of the Capitol riots, nor did he support or defend them, nor was he outspoken with his new company about politics. The client, an NHL, an NHL team, found his LinkedIn and threatened to cancel their contract with his company if they didn't remove him, so they did. The left has taken this too far when political censorship costs young 20-year-olds jobs in the workplace and they are forced to try and make ends meet. It goes from being just politics to life-altering, heartbreaking disappointment for a talented young professional. And so the guy that wrote this was infuriated and he wrote it about this guy and he didn't mention his name. But then Dawson, Dawson Buchanan wrote this in response to that. And this is just something he wrote today. A couple of hours ago, I tweeted out that this tweet referred to me. Shortly after I deleted that tweet, after much introspection and talking with friends and family, I feel obligated to reveal why I deleted it. <clears throat> and he goes on and he says, after identifying myself as the subject of the thread, uh, this person reached out to me, threatening to take legal action and publicly defame me if I didn't delete the tweet. Intimidated and nervous, I immediately deleted it. But after thinking about it, 
And this uh, person that uh, threatened was official Twitter private jet services. Uh, Doesn't make any sense to me. Um, But after thinking about it and discussing my rights of free speech with advisors, I will not not be bullied into silence. I'm now going to raise my voice louder. In early January, PJS hired me to be a concierge for a contract they had with the NHL. So this is a private, uh, I think it was a private um, private airline for NHL and, came, the, and uh, teams, a, a specific NHL team and, and the Canes. I guess the Canes would be the my Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. Having worked with PJS as an operations associate for Trump Campaign HQ, I eagerly accepted the position, excited to join a company I had developed a personal relationship with. And you can see where this is going. So this is a multi-threaded piece. And basically he gets fired because he supported and worked on behalf of Donald Trump in the past prior to his job there. I know several personally that have gotten fired as long as five years ago, four years ago, back door, before Trump was president. I know people that got fired for their political beliefs. I've been saying that the left is intolerant and uh, they're dictatorial. And it's exactly the reason why it is that they are at the top. Because if, if Republicans who would never play those stupid games played those games, we'd probably be better off. And that what I, what I mean by that is what we're learning in this uh, landscape of Washington, D.C., that if you rig elections, you get away with it. If you uh, can control the media. So if you can pay off the media and you can bow down to China, you can pretty much, uh, if you get control of the media, you can pretty much do anything you want. And so you could rig elections and get away with it. Uh, you can make all kinds of kickbacks and uh, promissory notes, and you can get somewhere in D.C. That's not the D.C. we want, though, is it? I mean, that's absolute corruption, isn't it? It is. But, you know, the coercion and the strong-arm tactics and the digging up dirt on people and the Fusion GPS smear campaigns and the destroying of people's lives, you know, the kind of thing that they did with... uh you know, uh, with uh, Kavanaugh, you know, they tried to destroy his life. He almost gave up. If it wasn't for Donald Trump, he probably would have given up. And it's sad because Donald Trump has actually served America the best of any president ever. And people have benefited from President Trump, including candidates that have now stabbed him in the back. But that's Washington. That's exactly the way it is here. This is why I I really don't like Washington. I think it's a disgusting place. I happen to live here, and I am in the business of politics. But I got to tell you, it's uh, it's an ugly business. It's the worst I've ever seen. But I'm engaged in it for the fight to save our country in the best way I can. I'm a spoke in the wheel. I don't look at myself as anything more than part of the team of people that need to stand up. Somebody has to stand up. So I choose, you know, I'm, I'm there. I, I'm going to do it. And I hope that people do it with me. And I know that you all listening are doing a part. But the idea is that there are monsters in this world that 
are dressed up with blue check marks and respected and have their Harvard education and get put on TV. And they're rich and they marry into money and they look good. And it's disgusting because they're, they're the kind of people that will actually cut off your throat. And these are the types of people, the people that are actually, I mean, I, I envision uh, something like War Horse with the, or, or the bull in the arena. Remember the bullfighting, right? Where they get all these arrows in their back and they have blood dripping down the side of their bellies and down their neck. And they're bludgeoning to death as the matador kills them in front of a whole crowd almost like in Roman gladiator days. The only difference is the bullfighters are really coward, cowardly because there's a guy on a big horse that actually bludgeons the bull and lets the bull bleed to death, bleed out for about 15 minutes before the matador ever even walks out into the arena. And the bull can't even see straight. He's dizzy from loss of blood. It's a disgusting sport. It's an absolute horrendous sport. It's not even a sport. And that's exactly what the the left is doing to Donald Trump right now. The bull, the lion, whatever you want to call him. And they want to take it into the town square and they want to cheer and applaud this death. This death. And I'm not going to let this death happen. And you're not going to let this death happen. And we're going to fight back. And there are some options And I think that President Trump either has the dirt on a lot of these people to keep him safe as a private citizen, or he is going to wait till the last minute on the 20th or the 19th, and he releases information that brings it down. There is a slight possibility, and I only say that because I read between the the lines and I I see the tea, tea leaves of what my sources are saying and what some people in Washington are saying uh, that I know and, and respect. And that um, and some of the words that are coming out of the president's mouth and the actions and the demeanor of Trump's closest allies. And what I see is I see the potential for something great to happen still. And I believe, there's no doubt in my mind, there's no doubt in my mind several things. There's no doubt in my mind that Trump is not guilty of the violence at the Capitol. He didn't call for it, and that was executed by the Antifa people. But I also think that even though it was executed by the Antifa people, I think it's very possible that we've had an international team of operatives that also wanted to get some information to confirm investigations and research that are going on abroad in Italy and elsewhere. And when you think think about that, you think about, you know that they did wrongdoing. You know that there was coordination and collusion with the Black Lives Matter, with Antifa, and with the Dominion voting machines because they were too sophisticated so, you know that voting fraud happened. Anyone with a half a brain knows that Joe Biden didn't get 81 million votes. Every single body that has a brain knows that. So, if he didn't get 81 million votes, then how was the rigging? How did it happen? 
Were they that good that they couldn't have gotten caught? We have all this evidence, but why in the world do the justices and judges not want to hear the cases and save America? Isn't that what they're there for? If they're not here for us in this moment, will they ever be here for us again? And I don't think that they, I don't think they are. And that's the sad part is you got people like Mitch Mitch McConnell unexplained looking at a perfectly decent speech that Trump gave and call and saying he's responsible for the violence in the Capitol, even though there's clear evidence that this was a organized operation that happened days and weeks planned out days and weeks before. And in fact, you there's an article here that I have that says that uh, there was um, there was a basically um, a uh, I'm, I'm trying to find it. Uh, there was an organized uh, attempt here. So they uh, basically gave a reconnaissance tour. reconnaissance tour so it says here Mike Sherrill said other reps helped group case capital before raid excuse me from my throat representative Mikey Sherrill okay says congress members gave reconnaissance tours days before capital raid during a live webcast on Tuesday, said she witnessed, now this is Mikey Sherrill, said she witnessed some members of Congress leading people through the Capitol on January 5th in what she termed a reconnaissance for the next day when insurrectionists took part in a deadly siege on the legislative branch. During the Facebook Live, Sherrill from Montclair, New Jersey, a Democrat, addressed her constituents to explain why she voted for a resolution to ask Vice President Pence to remove President Trump from office by invoking the 25th Amendment that measured past late Tuesday, 223 to 205, but Pence had notified House Speaker Nancy Pelosi earlier in the day that he would not comply with the request. That makes it likely that the House will, for the second time, impeach Trump. Okay. So <clears throat> this is a liberal view, but this is a liberal candidate that was saying that liberals were escorting people, probably liberals, through on a reconnaissance. Liberals are Antifa. And again, Antifa is the violent group that had been burning buildings down and tearing statues down all summer long. And when you typed Antifa.com, it used to go to JoeBiden.com and now it goes to BuildBackBetter.gov. And they endorse it. They endorse that. And they endorse Black Lives Matter, a Marxist group that's ultra-violent. Violent. And you know, black people in America need to actually move away and distance themselves from Black Lives Matter. They need to distance themselves from Marxism. Marxism de- never did uh, a black person any good. Marxism has never been a racial harmony uh, entity. And, you know, it's worth mentioning, and we're going to have to dissect what happened in the 2020 election. But, you know, when you take a look at the four most corrupt uh, centers for the election fraud, you can't help but realize that, you know, that 
these centers were full were were ultimately black populated centers whether it's Fulton County in Atlanta Philadelphia County in Philadelphia Wayne County in Detroit Milwaukee County in Wisconsin these are highly black populations and i i think i think if you look at president trump and what he has done for the black population whether it be opportunity zones, uh, aid and support, unprecedented aid and support for HBCUs, you know, historically black in, uh, uh, colleges and universities, and what he's done for black employment, black manufacturing, black businesses, deregulation, lower taxes, all helped the black family. Forget about the fact, well, let's not forget about the fact that prison reform had a direct and positive impact on bringing back the family units within black communities by taking people that shouldn't be incarcerated for so long for the misdemeanor or small crime that they did, the nonviolent crime that they did, and bring them back home and make them a breadwinner in a family. That dual income goes a long way in helping to raise a better family. And no one's been better for black people and minorities And I would even say as a Native American, Native American Indians and Hispanics and Latinos than President Trump. And, you know, talk about world peace and talk about not starting foreign wars and pulling our troops and bringing them home and making them part of the family again. All of these things were great things. But when you take a look at the voter fraud, it took place in these. Yeah. And these are these are these are very liberal black populations where they're being controlled and manipulated by liberal leadership that's playing that old playbook that has proven to be a failed playbook in that. And it's the modern-day representation of our country that gives everybody a fair chance. You know, I just saw a uh, story where Giant, the grocery store, has... In its aisles, black-owned business. So you buy the product based on skin color. And I just think that Martin Luther King was absolutely right, that we look at the content of the character, not the color of one's skin, to evaluate whether something is a good product or a bad product or a good person or a bad person. I don't foresee color. And I have lots of lovely black, black, black friends. And there's not a racist bone in Trump's body, nor mine. It's just not healthy to be looking at skin color when the person who was born with that color has nothing to do with it. It's their brain that matters. It's their heart, their soul, and their purpose. But let's go ahead and take a caller really quick. Uh, We have Julie on the line. Julie, welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Good morning, Scott. It's it's all so sad, but it's redirection at its at its greatest moment in their in their eyes, because it's real racism against the minorities of our country, because they not only want us dead and mass genocide, they want they have committed racism against the, the all the minorities in those areas that they stole the vote from votes from and the problem is they've been doing it for years upon years upon years and and it's time for everybody to stand up and yank their masks off and say no more 
and and we have to stand in front of President Trump because if we stand behind President Trump, they will they will commit genocide on us just like they the Chinese are committing genocide against their own people. And if this is what's going to happen, we must stand up and be proud and take off our masks. And if they're going to commit genocide against us, then we have to stand there and make them look at us in the, in the face and do it. Because if it, we just have to fight. And I'm not saying fight back violently. I'm saying step, stand forward and say no more. Absolutely. Yeah. And like that woman said, you know, she would she would try to shut us down and defund us. I mean, what they've done with Trump is they've de-platformed his financial um, campaign, financial system. Uh, They took away his uh, megaphone with the Twitter and the social media. And then when they went over to Parler, they shut Parler down. You know, This, to me, is so obvious what we need to do. We need to right these wrongs. This is not what uh, America is based on. Censorship and, uh, you know, and all of this corruption that's going on within the liberal movement is something I thought I would never see in America, ever. And Jim Jordan gave a great account of himself, and he said in his 14 years in Congress, he's never seen anything like this. Never. They They were waiting... And this was all coming, and and I, this is just an idea. But anybody who's able-bodied, go to California, the new California territory line, and just put every barricade up that you can, because they're going to come, and the first people they're going to go after are the people in New California, because it's the natural resources in that part of the state that they're going after, and everyone will be a victim. We have to put a barrier up there so, to protect those people because they are the first in line. Just like you, Scott, are the first in line. And you've been the first victimized in this whole game of theirs. And we're going to step you've up. You've been and, through a lot. We're going to step up. We're going to fight back. And uh, I, have a, I, have a, I have a whole new agenda. And my, my focus is going to be on the 22... 2022 election and um, my focus is going to be targeting like a laser primary seats that we could actually flip from rhino to G- to conservative i'm not talking about the democrats versus republicans i'm talking about removing rhinos from office and i'm going to take i'm going to spend the next days taking names of every single person that didn't have Trump's back. You know, um, Julie, we're, we're actually, we've got the music playing here. I just have it muted. But I'm sorry. I love apologize. you for calling. Yep, yep. Thank you so much. Take care. All right. Um, so we do have the music playing in the background. You just don't hear it yet because I got it muted. My name's Scott Adams, and we'll see you next time. On the radio. Bye-bye now. We're a stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.